some months ago when I knew the theme was going to be that of awakening for this month. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. April, awakening, spring. And then there's the moment when you actually come to the question of the theme and like, why? Why wake? It is highly overrated. <laughs> this waking thing is, hmm. But really the question, the question that had me pondering was, all right, awakening, but from what to what? Why? Truly, why? I'll confess to have been being a bit of, I don't know, a kind of a, a gasping emotional mess in some moments in the last weeks, because I am so moved. I am so moved by the world in this moment, so moved by the beauty of the earth as it's springing forth in our hemisphere, by the kindness that people are extending one to another that indeed makes the news and makes my day, about how much people are regarding life as so precious, which has come into such sharp focus yet again when it is so casually extinguished this season, I find. This season is, the season has its own kind of cosmic wrangling between the mortal and the eternal and what emerges from that. But I really want to thank my colleague, Victoria Safford, for encapsulating all of this complexity when she talks about joy. She certainly is talking about joy and, and, and certainly means to say the joy that comes from simply playing, simply the enjoyment of the world, simply savoring a great Girl Scout cookie, if you will, simply doing those things, absolutely. But she says, she makes the distinction, she says that joy is not the same as happiness, exactly. It's not quite as giddy or goofy, although by all means, be giddy and goofy. It's not dependent on getting your way or getting what you think you want. Joy, she says, is the love of life, the spark of life, and that awareness that you have sometimes that, that this is what it's for. This life, simply this life that is before us, the effort at integrity, the experience of gratitude, the awareness of beauty itself, and to notice the brevity of beauty the brevity of all aspects of life, and to hold fast to what you love and care about even unto death. To hold fast to what you love and care about even unto death. I hope 
for you, I, and I know for myself, part of my spiritual practice is to notice these fragments and moments when, it's, when there is that kind of connection to joy, when that is that awareness, that appreciation, if you will. The sun shining in, the blue sky before us, like yesterday's clear blue dream of a sky. Or perhaps, perhaps there's even been entire days, oh, don't be too ambitious, an entire day that's gone, you know, pretty well. And you've been able to appreciate what is around you, the lives, the relationships, the interactions, that things have just gone well and what is hoped for. And, and also not just what's hoped for, but what's important to you. For me, it's being aware of the heartbreaking beauty all around us, the wonder, the authenticity of the warm sun and the clear breath of wind. All of this tapping into that, why be awake? You know, joy was one of our earlier themes as well this year. In December, we talked about opening to joy, which of course works really well for all of the celebrations and the appreciations of newness and transformation that comes with December. One of our key words in the congregation for this year is, in fact, joy, is that we would be a place of joy. And by all means, we should be a place of goofiness and giddiness. I mean, we should be because, you know, humans and we like to do this well together. But the kind of joy, I think what the invitation from my colleague Keith Cron in calling us to be a congregation, a place of joy, the kind of joy about which he was talking was really what uh, Victoria was talking about. This love of life, this spark of life, that awareness that this is what it's all about. That this is what life is for. And that's a reason to wake up all by itself. That this joy holds the transience of life and the transcendence of all that is and connects us to what we love. I want to think a little bit more about where and how to experience this kind of awareness to joy, awakening to joy. So I'm one of those people who just loves places of layers, places of layers of history and depth and storytelling, of ruins and stone walls, or simply a sanctuary that has been built and enjoyed and sung into for ages and generations. You know, I had a moment, a moment of listening and awareness about the complexity of this kind of joy. Uh, when I lived in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for my first ministry, yo, 20 years ago, <laughs> there were layers upon layers of life. You know, I went from Massachusetts to Alabama, uh, for this first ministry, not quite knowing what to expect. And there were layers upon layers of life and death and college football and also oppression, 
right? You go to the rally uh, on the green for the home game of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and hear the band and cheer for the team while being across the street from uh, the schoolhouse steps where an earlier governor tried to hold back the tide of desegregation across the street from each other. Where, 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 where settlement there and lives were made possible by the uh, enslavement of Africans. Right? This is that land. This is that good fertile earth of the South. And to go even further back, that this area was the place for the community for the Creek and the Choctaw tribes before the United States government took their land and forced them into exile on the Trail of Tears. It is a place that is a mix of people and interests and all the layers of life and death and hardship and struggle. Because it's also a place with the best ever mint sweet tea that's at the local Mediterranean fast food place that still exists. And it was the best place to go after church on Sunday because pretty much everybody could find something to eat there. It's got great barbecue too. It's got people with a love of education and raising up the next generation of leaders. And one of those people who grew up in the Unitarian Universalist Church there, that congregation, Ms. Amanda Schuber. She was in college when I first met her then, and she is being ordained into Unitarian Universalist ministry today. This afternoon, in fact. And she will keep fighting for the human rights in the place that she loves, because she loves Alabama. And she will also invite people there in the true spirit of hospitality. And she's just one of so many. There is so much, there are so many layers and so much that is to be found that is wonderful amid the struggle. There is so much joy amid the heartbreak, amid the layers of history and the layers of the present. You know, those layers are here as well. In this time and place in Peoria, and all of us who are connected in this area, things that are beautiful and not, lives, people working and dying and preparing for the next lives to come, people's passions being brought into being, people inspiring one another. There is art and labor and engineering and medicine and a long history of tilling the earth. I was thinking back to how do we find this connection with this awareness and awakening and joy in all of its complexity and entering into, and I, I so appreciate David White, the poet, for talking about this kind of honest and darkness. What do we wake into? 
We come out of this darker place of dream and into the world. And there's this fine moment when we've been enriched by that darkness and and are about to be derailed by our to-do lists where we are, in fact, awake. It is fleeting at best, he says, and banishing once we start to make a plan. But it is this cosmic dream, this eternal brushing our mortality, our finite lives, here in that moment, when we rise, if we have no other moment, when we rise into the day, that we awaken to this savoring of life as expressed in joy. Joy amidst the sorrow, this re-entering the world, this spring season where we have this general re-entering into life and possibility of, and of compassion and justice and restoration even. We have this opportunity before us. But it's not just what, what we think we want, but what we are called to in that larger service. We get to do this together in the church, in the congregation, a place of joy. It is a place of grief, a place of service that helps us to remember, helps us to reconnect with that, that spark, or at least not forget, forget a little less, right? Joy in all of its complexity, all of its simplicity made manifest in us. We can give ourselves and each other, the gift of being present. As gentle as possible, as loving as possible, then mutually reinforcing that presence in church life, that forming edge of inspiration and practice. We get to put this all together here. One of the ways we practice that wakefulness is when we think about our children and the children and youth who are part of the congregation. You know, a couple of months ago, there was a cookie and game event. And I think one of the best things was like the children being able to watch the adults play Connect Four. You know, that one with like the vertical, the vertical thing with the circles and the different colored checkers to kind of play tic-tac-toe with the checkers. And the adults were playing that. And the kids were like, look at the adults. And the adults and youth learning new card games and laughing at the fun of it and managing to be good sports when, when we screwed up or lost. That was good, yeah. But learned new games all the way. Or last month for the Astara Spring Equinox, where children and youth and adults were honoring the presence of the earth, cleansing ourselves of the winter that had been, making ready for the lengthening of days, the growing of the light that is part of the eternal cycle of our corner of the galaxy, our small portion of the solar system. The English interpretation of Jalal al-Din Muhammad Rumi, the 13th century poet of Persia, which is now Iran, he says, what will our children do in the morning? Will they wake with their hearts wanting to play the way wings should Will they have dreamed the needed flights and gathered the strength from planets that all people need to balance the wonderful charms of the earth so that her power and beauty do not make us forget our own? I know all about the ways of the heart, how it wants to be alive, 
love so needs to love, he says, that it will endure almost anything. It will endure almost anything just to flicker for a moment. What will our children do in the morning if they do not see us fly? What will our children do in the morning if they do not see us fly? There is so much learned and reinforced in what we are aspiring for ourselves and those to come and those among us in how we conduct ourselves in the congregation. Throughout the year, I'll offer, there's been so many able volunteers along with uh, our credentialed religious educator, Amy Pop, finding a path to let our children fly whether it was indoors or outdoors or in person or online. I'm reminded about how precious is the sound of children, one of the best indicators of vibrancy in a place such as this, which is one of the few places when those of us who don't have children otherwise in our lives can be part of generations. We get to be the embodiment of layers of life and history, living with integrity, of living for ourselves as well as others. And we do this coming into the end of this church year because next week, not only is it Easter, but there's an egg hunt. Let's, let's hope for really good weather because that's egg hunt. We honor Earth Day in all of its complexity, cherishing and lamenting and wondering how do we take care of this place. In the beginning of June, we'll have our flower ceremony of exchanging the unique blossoms and blooms and beauty with each other as a tangible act of connection. All of these are entwined with sadness and tragedy and liberation and hope. How we talk about, how we talk about all of these and our generosity and our giving and our thankfulness for being part and parcel with one another. All of these are seen by our children and by each other. We get to model that wakefulness, that embodying of joy, that passion for that spark, that a spark of life that is familiar with the paths of sorrow. As David White says, what you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for vitality hidden in your sleep. Let us let ourselves live wholeheartedly, to remain present and attentive to the waking and the darkness and to the light and all the struggle in our lives. Because here we are wondering what to do about this earth and ourselves on it, or simply, individually simply being alone and knowing loneliness, feeling invisible at times, all the complexities that are among us even amidst the powerful and potent wakefulness of the world. That's why Unitary Versalists, this is our practice, this is our core. Why Unitary Versalists focus on this life and not wonder about afterlife, because by golly, we have plenty to do here, and we need to. This is the moment we have, and it's the one we know we have. Even when we are weary in mind and heart and body amid the strife, there is still joy. There is learning. There is 
human development of who we are in body, mind, and spirit, because I'll tell you a little secret. It's not just the children in the classrooms, but, but we are the children too. I mean, aren't we? Can't we be? To remember that joy upon waking. In this return, in this awakening, in this coming of spring, this is a return that is this forming edge as we awake together, people of all ages. There are different perspectives as we come into this next phase or in the midst of navigating this next phase of how we are together again. How shall we, let, how shall we nurture what grows while we've been sleeping and what shall come forth? And I'll take as a final note, we don't need to rush into this. But take this time for joy, for joy in the struggle. As my colleague Victoria says, joy as the love of life, the spark of life, the awareness that sometimes this is what it's for. And it's integrity and gratitude and beauty. And hold fast and hold so fast. I invite us to hold fast to ourselves too and to each other and see one another again for the first time and to sing, to sing ourselves awake, in fact, knowing that singing is to ourselves as well as to each other.